Gorm's crystal eye. It hums with a strange feeling. Unearthly. Eivor Varen's daughter. Circa 873. Hello, and welcome to Visions of the Past. My name is Andrew, and I'm the host of this Assassin's Creed lore podcast. This is episode 56, and today we're going to talk about the Pieces of Eden, known as Crystal Balls. Before we get into the Crystal Balls of the Assassin's Creed universe, we first have to look at where the inspiration of the artifacts come from. Some of you listening will already know the Crystal Ball is a common fortune-telling object. Generally, they are associated with clairvoyance, a claimed ability to gain information without the physical senses, and scrying, the act of looking into something in the hope of detecting significant messages or visions. And they also sometimes are called crystal spheres and or buckleums. Their use was first described in the first century by Pliny the Elder, a Roman author, and by the fifth century were widespread throughout the Roman Empire and condemned by the Christian church at the time as heretical. By the Victorian era, the use of crystal balls was a popular pastime, and by the 20th century were popular props used by stage magicians. Like the crystal skulls we have talked about before, there are a handful of famous crystal balls within history. The Scepter of Scotland, for instance, holds a small crystal ball that is said to originally been possessed by Celtic druids. There was also one among the grave goods of Frankish king Chiderick I, that was discovered in 1653, but after the grave goods were stolen from a French royal library in 1831, the crystal ball was never recovered. Within Assassin's Creed, we've seen two separate crystal balls over three separate projects. First, showing up in the Facebook game Assassin's Creed Project Legacy, and the most well-known crystal ball, showing up in Assassin's Creed 3 and returning in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The crystal ball that was shown in Project Legacy was held by Edward Kelly, with it coming into his possession sometime before 1587. In 1587, Kelly was working with John Dee with the Book of Abraham, journals written by Nicholas Flamel, that contained the learnings of Abraham Wurzburg, and the crystal ball with the gold to create gold. It's unknown when Kelly no longer was in possession of the crystal ball, or what happened to it after it was in Kelly's possession. I do want to warn you that discussing the more well-known crystal ball will include spoilers from Assassin's Creed Valhalla. With that being said, the other crystal ball first appeared within the series in the 870s, when it was in the possession of the Order of the Ancients. After Gorm, Kiotve's son, was exiled from Norway in 872, he joined the Order of Ancients, and by 873 was a magister within the Order. Gorm eventually came into the possession of a crystal ball that spoke to him. Through the ball, Juno gave Gorm directions to take the ball to Vinland, and once there, Gorm used slave labor to find the Grand Temple in an attempt to free Juno of her captivity within it. Eventually, Eivor Varen's daughter, the woman who was responsible not only for Gorm's exile, but also the death of his father, Kiotve the Kuehl, found out that he was in Vinland and traveled there under the guise of a slave. Eivor did end up killing Gorm and acquired the crystal ball, going so far as to take the ball to the entrance of the Grand Temple. At the entrance to the temple, Eivor heard Juno's voice emanate from the crystal ball, talking about calculations, and decided that the ball was not for her. After listening to stories from the Karen Hayakian Ayate, the local tribe of Kenny and Kahaka, 
Eivor left the crystal ball in their care, believing that the crystal ball belonged in Vinland, and that hopefully, one day, they would be able to figure out its purpose. Over time, the ball stayed with the Kanani in Kahaka, but by 1769, it was held by the village of Kanatiseitan, where, on October 4, 1769, a 13-year-old Ratikahetan activated the crystal ball and saw within the nexus. Here, he communicated with Juno, who directed him to become a member of the Assassin Brotherhood during a spiritual journey where they took the form of eagles, so he could keep the Grand Temple safe and acquire its key, allowing him to keep it safe for Desmond to eventually find it. After the spiritual journey, Ratigahetan left Kanatiseitan to join the Assassin Brotherhood, but wouldn't acquire the key for another 13 years. After getting the key from Charles Lee, Ratigahetan returned to Kanatiseitan to find that it was abandoned, but that they had left the crystal ball behind. Picking up the ball, Ratigahetan once again communicated with Juno, who explained to him that even though his people had left, everything was for the better and that he must hide the key that he got from Lee, where no one would think to look, and that after hiding it, he could do as he pleased. When asked about his people, Juno responded that he did save the place, and that was his people's purpose. And while that wasn't enough for Ratigahetan, Juno informed him that what he strives for did not exist, and that he did make a difference, and he would do so again. After talking to Juno, this crystal ball crumbled to ash, and Ratigahetan returned to the Davenport homestead, where he hid the key in the grave of Connor Davenport. According to the Essential Guide, the crystal balls are similar to crystal skulls and allow the user to access the Nexus. Communication with the Isu is possible through the Nexus, as well as with other humans, past or present, and that they are similar size and design to the Apples of Eden. The crystal ball that was held by Edward Kelly is really difficult to track. Not only is it only shown within the old defunct Facebook game Lost Legacy, the story is from the perspective of Kelly's stepdaughter, Elizabeth Jane Weston, which means we miss much of the use of both the crystal ball and the Book of Abraham. The way that Elizabeth learns of Kelly's work with the crystal ball is from her brother, John Francis, who tells her that Kelly communicates with angels through the ball, and eventually she finds a piece of Eden in the room of John D., but her description of it is only that it's made of the shiniest gold, making it unclear if this is the crystal ball or if it's an apple of Eden. Most of the other information that we get from Elizabeth's story is mostly about how Edward Kelly and John Dee interact, and some information from later in Elizabeth's life around the time of her marriage to Johannes Leo. If we take a look at what is historically known about Edward Kelly and look at it next to the story that we're presented with, we get an idea on what's going on. Historically, Edward Cully was an occultist and self-declared spirit medium and was best known for working with John Dee. Kelly claimed to have the ability to summon spirits or angels in a mirror that was called a shrew stone. He also claimed to be able to turn base materials into gold and to have the philosopher's stone, which supposedly could do this and allow for someone to achieve immortality. What is most important about Kelly's life that is important to the story of the crystal ball is that he claimed that angels in his shrew stone communicated with him in a language he called angelic, and then he relayed this information to John Dee. The language was also recorded in their private journals and later became known as Anakian. This claim 
and the created language easily can be translated into Kelly's communication with the Isu within the Nexus, even going so far as to learn their language and how to write it. Even though Project Legacy has been unavailable since 2013, it was an interesting way to give us small stories like Kelly's, which in itself is an interesting story that could easily be expanded on in other mediums. The Crystal Ball in Assassin's Creed 3 really wasn't anything more than something to get Ratika Hayton started on his journey and to tie Juno into the overarching narrative of the opening of the Grand Temple. It allowed to show that she was the mastermind behind getting Desmond the pieces that he needed to open the temple so he could save the world and release her. I did wonder if the temple would be teased or a place that we could go when it was announced that Vinland would be part of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I had absolutely no idea that it was going to be as in-depth as it turned out to be. While the presence of the crystal ball in Valhalla is a great way to show how it got to North America, it ends up giving us more questions to ask. First and foremost, who created the crystal balls? Was it Juno herself, based on calculations on who was going to be needed to release her from the Grand Temple? Were they meant to commune across time and space to give us warnings? Will these even be questions we see answered, or will they just let the lore of the Crystal Ball set for another eight years before we see them again? Only time will tell. Thank you for joining me today. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. If you love the Visions of the Past podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions about Assassin's Creed or topics you'd like me to cover, please feel free to hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at visions underscore AC. You can find those links in the show notes below. Until next time, my assassin friends, make sure to follow the creed. And to those Templars listening, may the Father of Understanding guide you.